Welcome back to First Draft Phil. This is Season 2, Episode 3, and today on the podcast, Part 1 of my interview with worship leader and songwriter Doug Berry. Hey guys, welcome back. We are well and truly into 2023, and today's guest is my friend, Doug Berry. Doug has been involved with leading worship and heading up different initiatives in his role as the Director of Contemporary Music for the Salvation Army in the USA Eastern Territory. Uh, In this episode, we learn a little bit about Doug himself, about how God kind of broke into his life and changed his perspective about music and worship. A little commercial before we begin the interview. If you are listening to this and you are a person that is part of a community of Salvationists, uh, that's Sally's to some of you and Salvo's to yet others of you, Uh, but if you're a part of a community of Salvationists that meet together regularly for worship and fellowship, uh, there is a survey in the show notes that I would love for you to take part in. It is completely anonymous, and I am just curious about current attitudes toward worship within the Salvation Army around the world, uh, and I'd love for you to take part. So thanks for taking a minute and checking that out. All right, on to the show. Enjoy part one of my interview with worship leader and musician, Doug Berry. Excited to have my uh, longtime friend Doug Berry on the podcast. Uh, Doug uh, is a worship leader. He's a father. He's a husband. Uh, he's a musician. He's a songwriter. And I've known Doug for many years. Uh, and um, yeah, Doug, thanks for being on First Draft Phil. Yeah, happy to be here, dude. The first um, first thing I like to do. Um, first of all, it's really good to see you. We haven't. I haven't actually spoken to you in. in a while, I think since um, maybe since 
um, January at the like it's been about a year, yeah, it's been about a year since the the worship leaders conference mm-hmm. up in New York. Yeah, but um, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, this is first draft Phil, and um, in keeping with what the podcast is all about, which is just being authentic, being ourselves. Um, just for people who are listening, let people know just a little bit about who Doug Berry is, how you maybe how you grew up, um, and how you came to Christ. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a 43 year old dad of two. Uh, I got to beat by two years, man. I got to beat by two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a six year old and a two year old, uh, and my beautiful wife named Risa. Uh, that we've been uh, we've been married for a while now, and yeah, I grew up in the in the church. Uh, parents both pastors with the Salvation Army, um, so you know, heavy in the music scene, um, right from. You know, the uh, as soon as I could hold an instrument, um, cornet, right? Yeah, cornet. Yeah, that was the first. That, that was my first. Uh, my first love. Um, so yeah, uh, making a lot of music in the church and, and in the Salvation Army, and um, I studied uh, trumpet performance for, in college, uh, and uh, and graduate work in trumpet, which is. Funny because I I haven't you know I haven't played a note in I don't know four years or something which is not something that I do anymore, mm-hmm. um, but that's you know kind of kind of how the Lord uh, works sometimes and He you know totally flips your life upside down and you know maybe later on we'll yeah talk, talk about that about that and um, yeah so I, I know I, I guess typically um, most people growing up growing up in in church you know, feel there's kind of an osmosis with their, with their faith. But, you know, I, I feel like I, you know, I definitely had faith and I, I believed in the Lord, but, you know, going through the motions kind of for, for years in my teens and probably early twenties. And, you know, I wouldn't say tell us about maybe 30 or so, um, going through a really uh, difficult time in my life, struggling through some stuff and really finding the Lord and, in, in, you know, in, in the dark, you know, in my, in the bathroom with the light shut off and just, you know, praying and, you know, giving everything over, uh, to the Lord. And, you know, I, that, that is a moment that I do remember, you know, I, I would say when I was 30 years old, I, I think that was when I really gave my life, uh, to the Lord and, you know, not that my life drastically changed in the way I was living, but, um, the hunger for scripture, the hunger for um, a deeper relationship really started. And that was a very exciting time. And even sometimes I, I yearn for that time, you know, in the beginning where you're just like, Oh man, I can't wait to, to learn more. I can't wait to get more in deeper, even though you grow up around it your whole life until you really dig yourself uh, deeper and, and walk with the Lord. Um, you know, that's a time that I, I kind of envy. I wish I could, I could mm. get back sometimes, even though, you know, I'm in a good place and I, I love the Lord and we're, you know, I, I think my relationship is, you know, deeper than ever, but that beginning time, it's like when you sure. first meet somebody, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Not going to compare yeah. dating to a uh, relationship with Jesus, but you no. know, there's, there's that honeymoon phase, you know, and yeah. It, yeah. I, I, it's something I treasure, you know? And I can, yeah. It, you know, it, it, I think, um, and something you said, you touched on like, um, the growing up and this has come up a lot. Obviously I have a lot of friends who grew up in the church and know people who, uh, grew up in the Salvation Army in particular. Um, but man, I've just been, I've been thinking about that lately, how, um, you know, a lot of, we want that, we want that 
like life to death scenario, right? We want the we want the drastic the, the the fantastic testimony or whatever. But I think that I mean the Lord is really patient with us, you know, especially those those of us who grew up in the church. I feel like God is really patient with us to like it's a really interesting thing to grow up with all you've ever known is people talking about Jesus, yeah. all you've ever known. And so it's just kind of like you take it for granted sometimes. Yeah. Well, you said, so you mentioned you grew up in, um, like music was a big part of your life. And, Mm -hmm. um, so musical family, I'm I'm guessing, and maybe walk us through what the journey of that was for you. Was music always really important to you or was there a certain point where you thought, I'm going to do something with, with my life with music? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, uh, I, not that my church, and I'll say this uh, gently, but um, put a lot of emphasis into music, you know, and the Salvation Army does, and it's for good reasons. Um, you know, music is a part of a lot of churches, and but I felt that I I took it to a different level, and and maybe even uh, you know worshipped music for a while, and just thought that by by getting better and better and better, that I that was my way to to get closer to, to God and to kind of, you know, that, that was the Avenue Hmm. and everything was going good. And, uh, in college, things were going great. I started to, to book some, you know, side, uh, side gigs with orchestras. I can remember a moment playing, uh, Verity's Requiem. This is like, I think it was 2002, one year anniversary after, uh, September 11th playing with the New Jersey symphony, um, you know, right by the Statue of Liberty mm. for this this ginormous uh, orchestra piece, and I, you know, I was one of um, I don't know eight trumpets or something like that. But I thought, oh man, uh, this is this is going great. I I think I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. Mm. Not shortly after, started having some some chop problems and you know some difficulties actually physically producing notes, and and that mm. was you know that was my world. You know, I put everything that I had. Uh-huh into music and and that was that was a devastating kind of um time this is not that's not the time where i um that i referenced earlier but sure it was it was very difficult sure. um so it was it was difficult to do the thing that i thought god wanted me to i thought he had given me a talent to to play the trumpet and that's what he wanted me to do and i was you know playing for him but i think i was playing for me uh mainly <laughs> And I, th- I definitely feel that my worship priority was kind of, kind of out of whack. So then I just, I felt the Lord kind of drawing me in a different direction and um, leading me into uh, writing songs, uh, you know, picking up the guitar and kind of a new, he gave me a new uh, direction of music, um, kind of starting over, you know, not having the glory of being very excellent. Right. And, at uh, this instrument having right. to start from from the bottom but giving it right from the beginning to the lord and he has just increased that um he's given me opportunities and brought people around me um just in in magnificent ways and i think that's because he wanted to shift my my focus to something genuine uh, a genuine worship of him through music mm. uh, which is you know i'm i'm so happy that that happened to me because i you know if i had just kept going in my own uh you know in my own ways you know i i definitely i don't think i would have the relationship that i do with him now and, yeah. and have the effect of, of that's, worship it's really interesting like the whole um 
untangling of motives and yeah. like you, you know you you think you're worshiping or you think you mm-hmm. think um I thought I was doing this for you Lord but um that's very cool man and 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 I know that um you didn't stop at just picking up an instrument you actually um um eventually started something I don't know how you got here but mm-hmm. um you eventually started something called Unbound. So maybe just take us from the journey from when you started um, uh, on the guitar. And well, first, maybe I should back up a little bit. Was there a moment where you started uh, to do, you know, what we would call leading worship, where, where you kept, where you getting asked to lead worship, and and how did that from from picking up the guitar, mm-hmm. how did that morph into leading worship, and then how did that lead to Unbound? Sure. Well, I didn't start playing the guitar until uh, at my church and my core. I was trying to convince my buddy, uh, John Nags, who you know. I'm a John. Uh, I was trying to get him to join the the brass band, right? Because I knew he played when he was younger, and he didn't want to. Uh, uh, and he said, if uh, if you pick up the bass guitar, because we need a bass guitar player in the worship group, he'll join the band. So that's kind of how it happened. Okay, nice little trade-off there. Yeah. <laughs> so I started, I started learning the bass guitar. Um, and playing in the, in the worship band there. Uh, and that was fun. Yeah. I had a good time doing that, but it wasn't until I started writing some songs. Uh, just, I don't, I don't know where it came from. I just, uh, you know, I, I love, uh, songwriters and I love that kind of style of music. So I guess I just wanted to give, give it a shot. Yeah. I started, started writing songs and, uh, I let uh, a friend, uh, my now colleague now, uh, Dorothy Gates, who's a, um, very good composer, mm. uh, listened to some of these songs and uh, she said, Hey, I think we should record some of these and, you know, release them for the, for the church, you know, for the Salvation Army. Um, and uh, so, you know, that, that project kind of started happening, started uh, putting a band together to record that, that album. And uh, they wanted to call, they wanted to give the album uh, a name like, Doug Berry and blah, blah, but I wasn't comfortable with that. Sure. So I wanted uh, to, you know, just make a, a general, this is the band that's playing this. So uh, yeah. um, I was drawn to um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fiery furnace uh, and through their faith came came out unbound, unharmed and unbound. So so we called the, the that little group Unbound. Um, and that group, um, because of that, that album, uh, started getting asked to play at some youth councils and, and even though we weren't really a band, we just came together for that. Sure. Yeah. So we did, we did a few things, um, uh, you know, a few larger, uh, events, youth events and that kind of stuff. until 
I, w- I was uh, in that time. I was uh, an assistant music director for uh, in New York uh, for the Salvation Army, uh, but mainly mainly teaching brass and that kind of stuff. Uh, there was an opening at um, uh, the territorial headquarters for contemporary music uh, consultant at the time, and uh, because the uh, the music director at that time knew that I had had some uh, experience writing songs, thought that I would be good for that job, so. Uh, interviewed and, and ended up getting that job. And it wasn't actually until after I became like the territorial worship leader mm. that I actually led worship in front of people. Oh, I wow. And never, never led, led, actually led worship uh, myself until I got the job, which seems super backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's cool. I know that the Lord had, had something mm. in that. Um, mm. uh, so, uh, yeah, that that group uh, made a few more recordings, um, but then the the Salvation Army decided to make uh, that group an official um, uh, worship team for for the Eastern Territory of the Salvation Army from right. New York to Ohio uh, in 2016. So that's when that that group kind of was officially officially launched as the worship group. Yeah, cool. And you guys have recorded uh, several albums uh, since then, mm-hmm. uh, and you've recorded uh, the most recent one is the Christmas one, or is the one after that? We we, uh, we did a live recording for our commissioning event of uh, ordaining of officers uh, during COVID, okay. uh, and they they basically filmed us playing uh, two complete takes, and we released that as a okay. kind of a live album that's called thou silver moon and that's yeah that's okay yeah that's what i'm thinking of sorry yes thou silver moon i was thinking, yeah sure yeah that came out in april in april uh but before that there was a there was a christmas album that we that we worked okay. on yeah yeah you guys are busy you guys are doing a lot of work i love <laughs> it it's good stuff so since that was the first time like you led worship in front of you yeah. like when you took that job mm-hmm. like how, how how what have you learned over the years what what is um um especially i mean we we have um, this unique movement that we know and love called the Salvation Army that has, just like any other church movement, has its own hang-ups, has its own difficulties, um, idiosyncrasies, yeah. uh, unique opportunities, and that kind of thing. So, leading worship, wh- what have you? What have you learned? I'll just this a broad, open-ended question. What have you learned? Uh, what are some of the things you've learned as a worship leader in the Salvation Army? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think people um and in sense uh when you're not being authentic I think they can sense when <clears throat> someone's up there and they they want to do something other than than lead people uh in congregational singing and worship of the Lord and mm-hmm. even if it's not their thing I, I just feel like people some uh the people in the church the people in the congregation they can feel inauthenticity mm-hmm. that's a that's a word um so the the thing that I've, I've I've learned myself is just to you know try not to be anyone other than I am. Um, you know you can have um, you know, mentors and influences and and obviously incorporate that in your in your leading and your and your music, but just to like just really be yourself and and make sure that you know your sole purpose is leading these people uh, into into worship. Yeah. You know? uh, it seems like it seems obvious, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing, but so many times um you i can even see myself slipping into oh man i want to be like that person i want to lead like that person i want to sing like that person yeah um but i I just feel like people can sniff that out you know and i i think the um the most effective 
uh, times of worship that I've had in, and with the group is when everyone's just been on the same page, um, you know, giving themselves to the Lord and, and not trying to do anything different than mm. that. I love that. And I think that it, it, um, definitely on that journey with you, it takes what, what for me, the, the recurring realization is that, um, and reminder to myself is that I am loved Mm-hmm. Like, uh, because I think that that's what it springs from sometimes that kind of like, ah, I, whoa, that guy has what it, that guy's, that yeah. guy, that guy, I'm, that guy that I'm watching lead worship, they've got it, you know, um, or, or something like that. But to realize that I'm loved and created for a purpose yeah. and, um, that I can be myself that I yeah. can be. And, uh, that's yeah, all. I, just, I think the, the most connection that you have with people is when they, they notice something in you too, that's a little maybe insecure or, uh, you know, that's just not puffed up and, yeah. and that can lead them closer to the Lord, you know, just because they, you know, they feel a little something in them out there. And that's why it, in Unbound, I love to have yeah multitude of different worship leaders because yeah. everyone can connect to somebody different. Um, uh, and everyone's style, uh, reaches a different heart, a different spirit. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, one of the mantras of, of Unbound, just to have multiple, multiple worship leaders. Yeah. Um, I love that about Unbound. You guys have, mm-hmm. that's, I love that it's intentional too, that you yeah. that you do that intentionally. How many, how many people have you had? I know, I know John Copeland likes to say like, he's the seventh string acoustic guitarist, but like how many, how many people have you had in Unbound over the years? Oh, uh, geez. Um, I mean, we've got a dozen or so. Or, yeah, it's definitely more because, I think we have about 15 that are on the roster now, kind of that we work in. Um, but it's, it's over 20. Um, wow. Maybe close to 25 different people who have, you know, been in and out. And, yeah. you know, we have, I'd say we have a dozen kind of consistent members right now that we use when available and whatever region we're in. Um, uh, but it's, it's growing and, you know, some of us are getting older. So we need to, <laughs> Some more youthful, some more youthful voices in there. So we're trying to get that in there. Very cool, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Come back next week for part two of my conversation with Doug Berry. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, there is a link to a survey in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, there should be a link somewhere in the description. Um, it's all about uh, attitudes towards worship, congregational worship in the Salvation Army. Uh, and it's anonymous. I would love it if you guys participated in that. And please feel free to share as well. Um, I will see you next week. Uh, In the meantime, remember, God is faithful all the way from your first draft 
to your finished story. God bless you guys.